but we bet you'll like them. I'm back in the saddle again. Checking in from the right side of Acadiana, seeking truth. I want the truth! Yes! Justice. Somebody ought to belt you in the mouth. Yes! And a whole lot of freedom to have fun. Winning, winning, winning. Yes! Oh, behave. This is the Ruffs Report. All right, welcome back. You know, I meant to mention this also while we were talking to Michael about conflicts of interest with Ken Boudreaux. Um, Amy Trahan, who was just elected to the school board. Now, you wouldn't think that she would have a conflict, but they're asking for um, an attorney general's opinion on her. She serves on the planning commission, uh, the city planning commission. And so they want and it. And that's not a paid position. It's just a volunteer position. But they want to get a, an attorney general's opinion just to be sure. Um, she won very handily in that, I think it's District 4 school board, to replace Timmy Chasson. And so, and it looks to me like she's got all the credentials. So, uh, you know, I, I would imagine that it would be an easy uh, give up <laughs> to to give up the planning commission, you know, volunteer position uh, to uh, to be on her school board, to, to do her school board duties. Anyway, so it's interesting um, what state law considers a conflict of interest. I mean, they get no money either way. There's no money exchange. No one has any charge of any budget involved either way. So I, you know, I can't imagine that there would be a conflict of interest, but she's going to be very busy on the school board. I don't know if she's going to have time for the planning commission. But anyway, I think it's smart to get, to get a, you know, to get a, an opinion to see if it's actually, you know, going to work. I do want to give you that review of, uh, oh my gosh. 50 years of Beausoleil. I will in the next half hour. But we got so many serious things to talk about right here. Uh, so, you know, the civil fraud trial in Manhattan uh, that says that he was defrauding people when nobody nobody was defrauded, nobody complained, no nothing. Uh, well, it has been uh, delayed, delayed. The um, Apparently the verdict has been delayed until mid-month. According to a court spokesperson, um, the judge, that nutcase judge, Arthur Engeron, said during the trial's closing arguments on January 11th, he hoped to make his final decision by the end of January. Uh, this was the one that, you know, she originally went for like 200 and some million. Now she pushed it up to 370 million. Nobody's lost any money. Nobody filed any complaints. Not the banks, not the insurance companies, nobody. And so they pushed it up to a very uh, arbitrary amount of money, $370 million with a lifetime business ban. It is absolutely, it is punitive, it is ridiculous, and it's and it just shows you how crazy these people are. So the, the working plan now, they say, is that uh, they are going to go for it uh, early to mid-February. Well, it's early February right now. It looks like it's going to get delayed a little bit. Now, it's unclear why. Uh, this is according to the Epic Epoch Times. It's unclear why Judge uh, Justice Engeron is taking more time to deliver the verdict. They said it might have something to do with a 12-page letter. 
uh, issued by a court-appointed monitor. Now we have a court-appointed monitor claiming that parts of President Trump's financial disclosure appeared incomplete or inconsistent. Here we go. Here we go. Here's going to be another. Here's going to be another thing. (sighs) Attorneys for President Trump, who maintains his innocence, of course, They've called the case a political witch hunt, which it is, and they've disputed the monitor's characterization of the financial disclosures. The letter from a former judge, Barbara Jones, sounds like she's real objective, too, pointed out errors on seven disclosure forms, three inconsistencies, and five clerical errors. What, they misplaced a comma? You know, come on. They say the issues flagged by her are immaterial. Immaterial, but it gives the judge more time to decide how he's going to penalize Trump with some punitive damages that where are they going? They're going into the Attorney General's office? They're going into the state coffers in New York to take care of more illegal immigrants? Who knows? It's, It's simply unconscionable. Do you know that in 2023 Trump, President Trump spent nearly 50 million in legal fees, just in 2023. And a judge in the UK has dismissed Trump's lawsuit over the Steele dossier, which has been completely discredited. Why would that lawsuit be dismissed? It damaged Mr. Trump's presidency. Why would that lawsuit be dismissed? So anyway, uh, these... uh, There are thousands of pages of financial data that this court-appointed monitor received. And uh, there are financial disclosures to third parties, uh, documents related to transactions, bank statements, all sorts of paperwork related to taxes. Now, you know how detailed that can be. It's, It's simply unbelievable. Uh, Trump's attorney, Clifford Robert, alleged in a letter to the justice that Miss Justice Angeron, the nutball judge uh, that that this court appointed woman, this judge, her report, which was issued just days before the expected verdict on January 31st, had two basic objectives. One, to ensure that the monitor continues to receive exorbitant fees. Guess what? She's already made over two point six million dollars. You think they're not paying her off? And, ha- and who's she going to kick that back to? The judge and the and the attorney the attorney general maybe huh huh and the other is to justify the continued oversight of President Trump's business empire and of course Engeron has made no bones about it he's going to consider if Trump can be banned from doing business seriously he has never been convicted of anything he's never defrauded anybody how is this guy going to be the executioner. And by the way, uh, Trump's attorney also questioned the monitor's competency, alleging numerous factual inaccuracies in her report, which were at least disingenuous and at worst misleading. And he argued that the errors cited by the monitor have been blown out of proportion, as everything related to Trump has been. Don't we know? And she's now twisting immaterial accounting items into a narrative favoring her continued appointment and therefore her continued receipt of millions of dollars in excessive fees. Oh, my gosh. What the heck next? 
So it's it's gone on and on uh, about this. Uh, you know, uh, Letitia James, her assistant, provided Justice Engeron with the notice to draw his attention to a verdict in an unrelated case that banned the defendant from participating in the pharmaceutical industry for life. Got a new uh, new newfound legal precedent that she found that would apply in the same way that it did to that person to Trump trying to ban him from doing business in New York. If I were Trump, I would get this thing settled and I would pull all my business out of New York as much as I could. Now, you know, Trump Tower is, it's just a, it's an icon. So many of his, his uh, properties are, are icons. What do they want to do? Do they want to take it over? Do they want to run Trump Tower? It looks to me like that's, that's what they want. They want to award Trump Tower to someone, one of their favored political donors. I mean, who gets that? If they throw Trump out, who gets all of his stuff? Well, somebody that they decide, right? Now, the the, the judge in London, well, that judge dismissed a lawsuit brought by President Trump about the Steele dossier by the British ex-spy Christopher Steele who was discredited, who had, he had a contract with the FBI originally, but he lost that contract because they couldn't trust him anymore. And yet the FBI still believed, ev- believed everything he said. And wouldn't you know it, the judge in the UK is, she's a Karen. She's a Karen, Karen Stein. She said that the lawsuit that he filed should be dismissed. There are no compelling reasons to allow this claim to proceed to trial. It should have proceeded to trial. They should have gotten damages. They violated all sorts of laws, and they violated President Trump's and his ability to even govern all of this circulating, all this hoax that was circulating the whole time that he was president damaged his ability to do what he needed to do as president. Anyway, it, it's just one thing after another, I'm telling you. It's very disheartening, very disheartening to see this continue. And then you got Fannie Willis. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. we got to take a break. We'll be right back on the Ross Report. Don't go away. tell you this Fannie Willis she is a piece of work that woman she is a piece of work uh, and she has attracted so much attention that her own uh, Georgia House of Representatives has just passed a bill to revive an oversight panel with powers to discipline and remove wayward county prosecutors uh, yeah, which could very well potentially be targeting her and her alleged misconduct. We still have to say alleged, even though we know what's what. The House voted uh, 95 to 75 along party lines for House Bill 881. This is in Georgia, sending the letter to the Senate in Georgia, 
for further debate, and it would empower the Prosecuting Attorney's Qualifications Commission to operate after the state Supreme Court in November 2023 refused to approve rules governing its conduct. So the the commission, uh, according to um, one of the uh, representatives who sponsored the measure, the commission will now be able to begin their real work, which is bringing accountability to those rogue prosecuting attorneys who abuse their office. Now, we showed you, uh, well, we told you about some of the... uh, some of the abuses going on in Fulton County and how it was affecting, oh my gosh, the prisoners there, the the jail, the Fulton County jail was a disgrace. Oh, it was horrible. They weren't even keeping it up. I mean, it was a, you know, yeah, they're criminals, but they deserve to be treated like decent human beings. And my goodness, what was in that jail was horrible. And if she, keep, I mean, if this is one example of how she's spending the money in her office, I would say she definitely qualifies as a rogue prosecutor. And then, then you have the whistleblower. And thanks to the Washington Free Beacon, they sent a, uh, and in fact, I saw part of it last night. Um, the House Judiciary sent her a letter, a subpoena actually, uh, today to uh, Fulton County DA Fannie Willis to obtain documents related to possible misuse. Those were federal funds, and she misused them to get Donald Trump and more than a dozen dozen other co-defendants. And uh, they want her to turn over the documents. Well, and they made reference to the Washington Free Beacon report. Now, it was really interesting because they had, I think it was last night, it might have been probably Jesse Waters or maybe maybe a special report. Anyway, this federal grant, this was this was not chump change. This was for $488,000. It was a federal grant earmarked for fighting uh, gangs, and it was for youth empowerment, right? And by the way, uh, this this is related to, if it, it'll sound familiar to you, for giving nonviolent juvenile offenders alternatives to the juvenile court system. Pre-trial diversion, anybody? Yeah. And during their conversation, um, the, the recording that I'm going to play for you, uh, Timson, that's Colette Timson, I believe is her name. And she's the one who, she wrote the grant. <laughs> she wrote the grant. So she knew what the grant was for. No, I'm sorry, Amanda, Amanda Timson. She's an employee in the DA's office uh, in that juvenile justice area. And she knew what it was for. And after she blew the whistle on this guy, Michael Cuffey, who is an aide to Fannie Willis and obviously a friend because she came down on his side and fired Timson, the whistleblower. Like I said, not chump change, $488,000. You know, he went around bragging. Oh, we're going to get MacBooks. We're going to get swag. We're going to use it for travel. And when she told him, uh, you can't do that, it's a very, very specific grant because I wrote the grant. And... uh and Willis said, well, I respect that's your assessment. And I'm not saying that your assessment is wrong, except you're fired. You're fired. So here's here's the part of the audio. Uh, this was Amanda Timpson when she went to talk to Fannie Willis about this. He wanted to do things with grants that were impossible. And I kept telling him, like, we can't do that. 
and questioning stuff. He would take me off projects, tell people I wasn't doing what I was supposed to because I questioned him. Because I understood. I helped write that grant. I knew what was in that grant. He told everybody in front of Crystal, Deontay, everybody, we're going to get MacBooks. We're going to do that. We're going to get swag. We're going to use it for travel. I said, you cannot do that. It's a very, very specific grant. Took me off. I questioned Junior DA. There's kids in there from out of the, the, um, the county. All this took me off Junior DA. I did not want to do it. He made it look as if I wasn't doing what I needed to do because I questioned him. Because so, I knew for a fact Mr. Cuffey respectfully did not know what he was doing. Period. And uh, little Miss Fanny, little Fanny Annie, Annie Fanny, she uh, fired Miss Timpson because she told the truth. And she was right. And obviously... She's uh, good buddies with this guy, Michael Cuffey. Uh, it was it was less than two months after that exchange. Um, because later in the conversation, Willis apologized to Timpson, and she said this guy Cuffey had, quote-unquote, failed her administration, and yet, just a f- less than two months later, she terminated Timpson, the whistleblower, and had her as- escorted out of the office by seven armed investigators, seven armed men, escorted her well i assume they were men maybe they were just seven armed investigators armed investigators escorting her out of her office and when she filed the whistleblower complaint the following year that alleged wrongful termination willis's office issued a statement describing timpson as a holdover from the prior administration who was terminated because of her failure to meet the standards of the new administration boy we know how great those standards are don't we we know just how great those standards are. 488,000 federal grant, and you're damn right that people on the House Judiciary Committee have every right to ask those questions. What did you do with the federal money that we gave you? She hasn't responded, of course. Of course. Uh, she's so entitled. She hasn't responded to anything. And by the way, the files on her divorce that have been unsealed, it is not a pretty sight by any means. I'm not even going to get into that. That's personal stuff, but I'm telling you it impacts. It impacts everything she was doing and going after Trump and the way the money was misused and the way she and her her little boo thing, as we like to call Nathan Wade, her little boo thing, they were taking advantage of all that money. All right. We gotta take a break for the news. More news? Oh, I hope you can handle it. <laughs> we'll be right back on the Ross Report. Don't go away. Oh, yeah, you've been hearing hearing about that border deal? (laughs) Yeah, you know, when Chuck Schumer and Mitch McConnell and Jim Lankford, James Lankford, they all got put their heads together and they came up with one awful deal, one horrible deal. 
And it's one thing that brought all conservatives together in this behind this singular fact. President Biden could secure the border right now if he simply enforced the laws on the books. Remember what I said and have said over and over again. He destroyed Donald Trump's border security with his executive orders. He can restore all of that with his executive orders. He wouldn't even need a bill. We got laws on the books already. And he could do executive orders if he wanted to, to secure the border. But no, no, no. Ukraine is more important. They don't even talk about Israel anymore because he's getting so much pushback from his uh, uh, formerly young supporters who are not happy that Israel is standing up for itself because they've been brainwashed. One of these days I'm going to have on Dr. Carol Haynes again. She, I've had her on before, and she has done a deep dive into the amount of money that Hamas and uh, Palestinian organizations have poured into student organizations around the country and how they've been brainwashed. I mean, if this is a shock to the Democrats, it shouldn't be. They've been right in there with them, brainwashing these kids about, you know, Israel is the aggressor. Really? All those people who were killed? Well, you're lying about that. Well, watch the video. No, that was all staged. Right. That wasn't a wag the dog moment. That was for real. But anyway, the Louisiana Freedom Caucus has come out strong, 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 has joined national conservatives at the House Caucus, House Freedom Caucus, in opposition to that boondoggle known as McConnell-Schumer-Lankford border bill. Um, This proposal does not, does not in any way put in place policies that will dramatically reduce the flow of illegal immigrant immigration, ensure that new and existing laws are enforced, and not, nor does it address the problem of illegal immigrants voting in U.S. elections. It does none of that. Rather than focusing on those goals, Mitch McConnell, Lankford, Schumer, they're currently negotiating a border proposal with the Senate Democrats and the Biden White House, which accomplishes none of those things. None of those things. And it all it all happens while the House is, is uh, deciding on the impeachment of Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas, who, well, you know, in a way you could kind of empathize with Mayorkas. I mean, he's just following orders. He's just taking orders. Isn't that what uh, Mr. Vadreen wrote? Remember that famous book, Just Taking Orders? Taking orders from Edwin Edwards? Well, Mayorkas has taken orders from uh, Biden, whoever his handlers are, you know, the ones who, oh, I'm going to get in trouble if I say that. Uh, they're going to be mad at me if I say that. Who's they? Oh, uh, uh, anyway. <laughs> so this this bill is going nowhere. And you know how bad it is? You want to know how really bad this is? Now, remember, James Lankford, Senator James Lankford is from Oklahoma. Senator James Lankford has just been censured by the Oklahoma Republican Party because of this stupid boondoggle bipartisan border deal. Oh, terrible. But hey, if you want this, but Mike Johnson and the House, they are standing strong there. I think I think I'm hoping against hope that this time they really do stand tough against this because no anybody who looked at any kind of any little piece of this would know 
This is a joke. Getting a hundred million to Ukraine and Israel and not nearly that amount, not anywhere near that. To secure our border? So the Oklahoma, the resolution is censuring their senior senator. Can you imagine that? He is their senior senator. And they're censuring him for working with Chuck Schumer on an open border that will allow 5 million, 5,000 illegal immigrants a day to enter and work. This is 5,000 a day. 5,000 a day? Yeah. 5,000 a day. That's about, oh, about 100 and, what, 160, 70,000, 180,000 a month? Something like that. At least 150K a month to enter. It's crazy. And the Oklahoma GOP further alleges that Langford has been playing fast and loose with Democrats, and this deal would disenfranchise legal immigrants. And, of course, put the safety of all of us in jeopardy, in great danger. I am amazed. What? You think the the Louisiana GOP would do that? (laughs) Dream on. They would never do that. Oklahoma, the GOP just censured their own senior senator, their senior United States senator, for playing footsie with the Democrats on a bill, a border bill, that is going to make us all less secure. By the way, have you seen... What has happened in Texas? Their immigration is down to virtually nothing because of the, the measures that they put in place. How do you like that? What you got, Bob? I did some quick math. Uh, 5000 a day. That's 1825000 a, a year. year. Yep. And then divided by 12, that is 152083 um, a, a month. A month. A yeah. Month. Yeah. Like that. Thank you, Blah. I for math. Um, so anyway, <laughs> uh, this is, this is just, it's unconscionable that anybody, I mean, even the Democrats, what do they think they're doing? How do they think this is going to play out? What's the end game here? Because if they weaken us so much that our enemies step, step up and you know they are doing it, whether we're aware of it or not, they're doing it. How are they going to fare? Under the coming dictatorship. Hmm? How are they going to fare? They're not going to do any better than anybody else. The, I think the Republicans are going to reject it. I, I, I do believe. And, and President Trump is saying, please, you know, reject this deal. Now, they're saying he's doing it because, you know, they want a wedge crisis. Believe me, they don't need any more people to be aware of how bad this is. You just look at all of the, uh, around the country. And by the way, the Gen Z and Gen Y and all that, Gen X, Y, Z, whatever, you know why they're paying attention? Because they can't get those free hotel rooms. <laughs> you know, the the illegals are, but they, you know, there was one, I couldn't use it because she drops the F-bomb a couple of times, but she's absolutely right. She said, they're putting these illegals. She said, I almost had to be homeless, and I've been pa- been paying taxes in this country since I was 13 years old, since I've been working, and I couldn't get anything like that. You think my government would do that for me? She said, no, they hate us. My government hates us. Uh, that word is getting around, and you see more and more TikTokers of all stripes are getting on there and talking about what the Biden administration is doing to them. 
It is not a pretty sight. Not a pretty sight. Trump said, you know, as the leader of our party, there is zero chance I will support this horrible open borders betrayal of America. It is a betrayal of everything. Now, Mike Johnson said it's it's dead on arrival in the House. Dead on arrival. And the Senate Republicans are now renewing uh, support for the measure after seeing the Democrats compromises on stricter border measures. Give me a break. Give me a break. You what? Who's what Senate Republicans? Lindsey Graham, Mitt Romney, Susan Collins, Lisa Murkowski. Those? Give me a break. Shame on every single one of them. But I'm proud of the Oklahoma GOP. I mean, they stood right up and said their senior United States senator is wrong, and they censured him. Wow. 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 I hope Mike Johnson stays strong. I do. We got to take a break, our final break of the day, of the week. Oh, my gosh. It's the weekend's almost here. (gasps) All right. Don't go away. Lots more to talk about. Oh, yeah. Beau soleil. All the colors of Mardi Gras on the new pizza of the month, the Bacchus. (gasps) You should see this. You got to check this out. Large shrimp, spicy andouille sausage, cheddar cheese topped with green peppers, purple onions on a -a one-of-a-kind Parmesan pizza sauce. All the colors of the Mardi Gras right there on the Bacchus pizza of the month. They're going to have, you know what they're going to have this Sunday. They're going to have Sunday brunch at Prejean's with the Michaud Brothers, Prejean's on I-49 North. And there's another Prejean's in Broussard. They're going to have a Sunday brunch there. And they're going to have lots of great food, great music at uh, the Prejean's in Caring Crew on I-49 North. There are luncheon specials every single day, like today. I mean, take today. They had shrimp and grits. Shrimp and grits. That was on Bertrand, on um, Dino's, uh, I mean, Dino's South, yeah, Eggplant Louisiana. <gasps> oh, my gosh. So, you see, these are the kind of specials they have every single day. These people do not mess around. They are serious foodies because they're in the middle. They're in serious foodie heavy, heaven right here in Acadiana. But the Bacchus is the pizza of the month, and it brings in all the colors of the Mardi Gras. Oh, you got to love it. The Bacchus. The pizza of the month at Dina's. Pizza like no other. Pasta like no other. Everything. Specials like no other. For a place that's like no other. Perfect. Dino's and Prejean's. Three amazing Dino's. Two incredible Prejean's. And last night, talking about incredible, told you I'd give you the review. I'm going to give you the full treatment. So we had 50 years of Beausoleil celebrating Michael Doucet and Beausoleil. And I want to tell you, I've been following him since <laughs> for over 50 years, you know, and, and uh, they're just uh, it's an it's an amazing odyssey uh, and the growth and 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 the and the fan base is incredible worldwide. It's an amazing fan base. And uh, 
So I just, you know, the I just give you a little taste of it as we come out. They had at, at any given moment there were like uh, oh, fourteen. I, I want to say fourteen, maybe musicians on stage. Um, you know, squeeze boxes, fiddles, uh, accordions, a mandolin, banjo, guitars, two drummers. Every once in a while, Sonny Landreth would come in and do his magic. Every once in a while, Dickie Landry on the saxophone. Uh, I believe Tommy Alisi was there. Uh, you know, all of it headlined by Michael Ducey. Just a great, I call him man on fire. Man on fire. Uh, what a great ambassador for this part of the world. It was an amazing, and it was almost three hours. Almost three hours, a little break for intermission. But it went from 7.30 to almost 10.30. And I mean, they did not let up the entire time. It was an amazing evening. Now, I'm sorry for you if you don't have tickets, because there's another performance tonight, but it's sold out, just like the one last night was. We are so blessed in this area to have these kinds of amazing musicians and this amazing culture. We don't have to fake it. It's for real. It's from the ground up. It's organic. So enjoy a little bit of Michael Ducey. Eh bien, mes amis, à bientôt. Je reviens le lundi. J'espère vous aussi. Hein? <laughs> oh, pass a good time. À bientôt. Soyez fiers de la langue et la culture française. Au revoir. La mouche, la balance dans la gros chamber Cocodrie dans le dans la cipriale Le popolé dans ses dans ses pétières Oh ben cris des loups-garous Mais la tapicure Rémal à la poule à mana Vous la connaissez, vous lisez à l'écho Mais la tape est crouillée Ce jour, mais pas du chaud Et pas de pichot On est couleur criée Comme d'eau Il est fait qu'à peine bouillir Pas qu'à pas voler son abbé Oh c'est belle, mais ça fait ses bougies Et ma maman fait grand C'est gré, gré let me show you how to quickly improve your images
for which it stands. One nation, under God. Indivisible, with liberty and justice for all.